Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To all my bed crimers, hi, how are you? I hope you're having a great weekend. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Let me just ask that after watching and or listening to the video, if you find you enjoyed it or learned something, do me a favor, smash the like button and consider subscribing. Now, let's dig in. Rex Hureman has a new bestie. Keith Jesperson, a.k.a. the Happy Face Serialist. Jesperson, who is serving four life sentences for the eight crimes he's confessed to, enjoys writing to other convicted and or accused serialists. So naturally, he decided to write a letter to Rex Hewerman, and lo and behold, Rex wrote him back. Jesperson discussed his communications with Hewerman with a podcaster named Keith Rovere. And during their recorded chat, Jesperson shared what Rex Hewerman relayed to him about his case, about how things are going with his lawyers and the concerns that he has about a potential lifetime in prison or worse. Jesperson's first impression of Hewerman is that Rex is accepting that he's caught and that he's already at peace with it in his heart. Jesperson said that he advises suspects who are guilty to own it and to confess, but he also admitted that he advised Rex to keep quiet about his case until it plays out in court and also to refrain from exchanging letters with anyone else. But Jesperson feels that if prosecutors have enough evidence on someone, to obtain an arrest warrant, then they have enough discovery slash evidence to get that person convicted. Hearing what Jesperson said made me wonder if he and Brian Koberger are corresponding. We know Koberger is fascinated by all things related to criminology. I would imagine that he too would like to correspond with Keith Jesperson, a serialist that he likely has studied in school. Jesperson said that he writes to guys like Hewerman because they have no idea what goes on in prison and what they can expect if they're found guilty. Jesperson made it clear that when he speaks to guys like Rex or Brian Koberger, he doesn't do it to allow them to gloat about their alleged crimes. He doesn't try to condone their behavior, but rather he wants to give them an idea of what to expect as they journey through the American justice system. Happy Face Jesperson said that when he told Rex to own it, as in own his role in the crimes he's accused of, Rex replied that he hasn't seen any of the evidence against him yet. Jesperson countered with, There's no discovery if you're innocent, and the authorities would not have arrested you unless they had the goods on you. Rex was very polite with Jesperson, and he said thank you for all the advice, and said that it was a help and a comfort to him. Rex then asked Jesperson about his day-to-day -day life in prison, and about the quality of the food served in the clink. Jesperson said, 
Rex seemed scared and that his lawyers are attempting to come up with a defense for him, but it's one that Rex isn't thrilled with. Jesperson told Rex that in his own case, he asked for a detective around 11 p.m., and he confessed 100% to all of his cases so that there was no discovery or evidence being dug up by the state and the prosecutors. Jesperson didn't want his lawyer to try and get him murder in the second degree. He knew that with the eight crimes he confessed to, he wasn't going to ever get out of prison, and Jesperson didn't want to go to trial because he didn't want all the details of his crimes revealed to the public. He sounds a lot like Dennis Rader, who also confessed and wanted to avoid a trial to keep his family from having to go through that experience. Also, Jesperson said he didn't want to get the death penalty, so he felt a confession was the best way to avoid that. And ironically, in Jesperson's case, it took a month to prove to the officials that he was responsible for his very first crime. So Jesperson's first victim was 21-year-old Tanya Bennett. Bennett lost her life on January 21st of 1990 near Portland, Oregon. Bennett had the misfortune of being at a bar that Jesperson walked into. He struck up a conversation with her and invited her back to the house he was renting. Per Jesperson, his plans to get intimate with Tonya went awry, and because of that, he subjected her to his fists. He then essayed her, and he used a rope around her neck. He then dumped her body near the Columbia River Gorge outside Portland. One of the reasons Jesperson wasn't arrested for Tanya's death in the beginning is that a woman named Laverne Pavlinak falsely confessed to the crime. Pavlinak told the cops that her boyfriend, John Suznoski, was also involved. Why do all these characters have to have difficult-to-pronounce names? Laverne said she'd made this false confession to get away from her boyfriend, who she accused of committing DV against her. Ironically, Jesperson was not rejoicing that someone else went to prison for his crime. No, this media-hungry nutter wanted credit for Tanya Bennett's death, but rather than march into a police station and confess, he instead wrote a confession on the bathroom wall of a truck stop, signed it with a happy face, and subsequently he wrote letters to the media and to the authorities, all signed with a happy face. Following this, he was dubbed the happy face serialist, but the letters went ignored and Jesperson had five more years in which to perfect his dark craft. By the time he was arrested, in March of 1995, he'd done in seven more people, and possibly many, many more. What strikes me about this budding jesperson hureman friendship are the similarities between the two. Jesperson stands six feet seven inches tall and weighs 255 pounds. Rex Hureman, depending on which source you choose to believe, stands between 6 feet 4 inches and 6 feet 6 inches tall and weighs approximately 280 pounds. In addition to their similar physiques, both men targeted escorts, allegedly. I have to say allegedly because Rex Hureman 
has yet to be convicted of the crimes. It also would appear that Jesperson and Hewerman used their hands or objects like rope and belts to do in their victims. Jesperson essayed his victims, and it sounds like the Gilgo Beach victims, whose deaths Rex is charged with, were very likely essayed. Jesperson, like Hewerman and Brian Koberger, was bullied by his classmates in school. In Jesperson's case, it was because of his large size. He also had a very violent father and grandfather. Now, one of Rex's classmates from school said that his father, too, was scary, and that he, meaning this classmate, was glad that Mr. Hewerman wasn't his father. Jesperson showed signs of psychopathy at an early age by capturing animals and then harming them. I often wonder if Hewerman, too, harmed animals. We know that he's a hunter of bears and also ducks. Could this be his version of harming animals? It will be interesting to see if Hewerman and Jesperson continue their correspondence and if Rex heeds Jesperson's advice to own it. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories.